Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. It is time to talk to the... Uh, oh, what am I... I'm stunned. Hold on a second. The Godfather of oh, the right. Grill? I, I, yeah, I couldn't remember his nickname. Let's oh, try okay. that again. Right. I'm on my medication. <laughs> <laughs> it is time for our chat with the Godfather of the Grill for Holinda's Meats. Good morning, Ted. Oh, good morning, Craig. You're having a good Monday, I see. I'm off to a good start, yes. I'm a professional broadcaster. Uh, You're a professional broadcaster, that's for sure. I'm a professional something or other. Uh, listen, Teddy, first of all, we got to start off by saying happy belated birthday. It was your birthday on Sunday, a milestone. You just turned 18, yeah. and uh, you had a big celebration at El Dorado and then a round of golf at Winchester with a whole bunch of your pallies. And that we did. We had a great day, and I just want to say thanks for all that came out, and thanks to our sponsors. And uh, we raised some good money for uh, for my friends up at Camp Bucko, and that was uh, it was a great day. Beautiful weather, tasty food, great golf at Winchester. Yeah, it was a fun day, and the weather was spectacular. Nice, nice. Now I yeah. was I was looking on your Instagram profile, and let's let's uh, get back to basics because a lot of times we talk about a lot of the unique things that you're grilling. But for so many of us, we just want to get dinner on the barbecue and get it into the family. And chicken breasts are a staple um, uh, on the barbecue. But you give some great tips, and we'll go over that on how to make a nice, juicy uh, chicken breast on your grill. But then you say, add it to some Beezer salad. And I said, what the hell is a Beezer salad? Mm. It's Caesar salad right? made out of beer. Explain that. Well, it's really just when you're making your Caesar dressing, mm -hmm. put a splash of, of beer in it. Now it's a Beezer. <laughs> okay. All right. It's that simple. It's that simple. That's it. It's just, you know, just as you're making the dressing, just a little bit of beer in there. Not too much. Okay. And uh, you've got a Beezer. It's like uh, adding beer to your Caesar drink, only now you do it with your salad. All right. Makes perfect sense. And now uh, with the uh, home. It's logical. And you could, yeah, it really is. And and with and with, uh, you could do it with store bought or homemade Caesar dressing, I guess as well. And always remember with the homemade Caesar salad dressing, go very heavy on the garlic. Oh, you need lots of garlic. I mean, I learned the whole trick about the beer and the Caesar dressing mm -hmm. from Ed the Sock. <laughs> oh, did you really? <laughs> yeah. He's wise. The man is the man. Is the, well, he, I don't know. I can't. I can't classify him as the man. The sock right. is brilliant. Some days, just absolutely brilliant. Yeah. No, he's good. He's a good bunch of fellas. He certainly is. <laughs> um, and now let's let's share just general, easygoing grilling tips. How do we buy some chicken breast at Holinda's? Take them home and grill them up so you don't dry them out. All right. Here, here's you ready. Get yes. your pen and paper while you're driving. Okay. So take notes, okay, on the 401. Write it down. <laughs> <clears throat> when you go buy chicken breasts that are uniform in size, meaning you don't want to, if you're buying a pack of, of chicken breasts, you don't want to buy three that are nice and plump, and then you got this tiny little one there. Right. So you, when, you're, when you're looking, at it, whether it be in the counter uh, of Helenda's or the butcher shop you're going to, or if you're in the grocery store, look for that uniform size, right? That's number one. Two, take them out of the package and pat them dry with some paper toweling to remove any excess moisture that's on the product. Okay. Right? Then season them however you like. For, for basic, you know, you can put a little bit of a barbecue rub on there like my bone dust, or you can just go salt, pepper, and garlic, nice and easy. Brush the breasts with a little bit of olive oil, very small amount, and then season the, the chicken breast that way. Okay. All right? 
you take your chicken breasts, you don't take them outside. They go from the fridge to the grill. you got to have food safety in mind, and chicken doesn't like... You know, to sit out. Right. So it's from the fridge. Yeah, 100%, man. I'm just, yep. but, but a lot of people, though, they get busy. You know, they're trying to set, they get the grill hot and do all these things. And then the chicken's sitting on the counter and it's warm enough. You now, don't want that. Let me ask you this, Ted. Say exactly as you just said, people get busy, they forget about it. So I put the chicken on the counter, I seasoned it, and I go, oh, it's been sitting there for 15 minutes now. Uh, can I stick it back in the fridge to save the day or what's going on? No, you're 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 fine to do that. Okay. I mean, in 15 minutes, you're not going to produce uh, enough bacteria to to create things. Okay? okay, all right. But it's chicken performs better when it's cold, right? You want it to be cold and fresh, and then it's plump. So heat up your grill, open the lid, and whether it's a gas grill or 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 a charcoal grill, you're trying to get temperature not at super high. Chicken breasts don't like high heat. Mm. Go medium to medium high. Okay. Sear the chicken breast and quickly on both sides and then put it to the side and close the lid. Indirect heat. And you want to let it come up to an internal temperature of 160 degrees. It'll be fully cooked. It'll still be nice and moist and juicy. And that's it. You don't squish it. You don't cut into it. Because there's not a lot of fat in a chicken breast, you want to keep as much of that moisture on the inside. As you get up past that 160, 165, 170, 180, that chicken is going to lose more of its moisture. So really try and hit that 160 mark. And, you know, you can go 165, even up to 170. But after that, she's going to start to dry out. And that's it. It's simple. Patience. And just use a thermometer. An internal thermometer will make your life so much easier. Now, Ted, you said sear it on both sides. I find the problem sometimes with chicken is you put it down, and then when you go to flip it, half of it is left in your grill. Ah, you're not being patient. Leave it there. The longer it, eventually. So when you go take your tongs yeah. and you try and pick up the chicken breast to turn it over, if it's stuck to the grill, it means it's not ready to turn. Gotcha. Just okay. wait a little longer. When you lift it up, and just lift it up gently. Don't try and rush it. Just lift it up gently. And if it's stuck, put it back down, wait another minute, and then eventually it's going to cook itself and come cleanly from the grill. Then you turn it over. Yeah, I guess That's you it. always just do the little uh, wiggle test with the tongs, I find. Helps to uh, That's it. see if it's, it's coming away. It's, it's just patience and just pick it up just nice and easy. And don't cook chicken breasts on high. That's the biggest mistake people make is they're searing it up on high. They, they're treating it like it's a burger or a steak, and it's not. It's delicate. It's a chicken breast. Very good, Teddy. We're all chicken well, breasts. I'm glad to help. <laughs> I'm shaped like a chicken breast. All right. All right, Ted, how do we uh, get a hold of you if you want to talk a uh, Beezer salad or chicken breast or anything going on the grill? You're going to find me at Ted Grills. Uh, some of the wildest movie plots of all time. Uh, okay, and if you haven't seen some of these films, spoiler alert. Psycho from 1960. Uh, this one has two. Now, the reason that this film ranks so high as uh, wildest movie plots is because Janet Lee, mother of Jamie Lee Curtis, was the star of the film. Right. Yet she dies, like, pretty early on in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was just, one, shocking, because how do you take out the star of the film? Yeah. And then two, of course, was uh, Mrs. Bates doesn't exist. Norman had multiple personality disorder.
Okay. The owner of the uh, hotel. Have you ever sat through Psycho? Uh, I've seen bits and pieces. I yeah. don't. I can't remember if I've sat through the whole thing. Here's another spoiler alert if you haven't seen this. Planet of the Apes, 1968. Okay. It's not another planet. It's Earth in the distant future. Right. A, uh, a film called Deep Red, an Italian murder mystery. The killer was basically hiding in plain sight the whole time. In fact, she even glimpses in a mirror early in the film, but you don't realize it till the end. Ooh. Like a Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Sleepaway Camp from 1983. I think I might have seen this. The killer is actually the quiet camper, Angela. And she's not she at all. She's a boy who was raised as a girl by an ant. All right. Yeah, this was back in 1983 when that would have seemed odd and strange. Right. Craziness. The usual suspects, of course. One of the all-time greats. Fantastic. Yeah. Kaiser Soze. Yeah. Here's a phrase that's taken on new meaning in the past 28 years. Kevin Spacey did it. Right. <laughs> Primal Fear. This was the first movie that Ed Norton, I think, starred in. And it was great. It was um, He was a character faking multiple personalities to avoid a uh, murder conviction. Right. He killed a priest. Didn't he do the same in Fight Club then, too? And that's the next one. Right. Yeah. Brad Pitt's uh, Tyler Durden character doesn't actually exist. He's just in the head of Edward Norton. Yeah. yeah he had a few of those in a row. Mm-hmm. And then he dreamed he was dating uh, Salma Hayek for a while. Right. We all dreamed of dating Salma <laughs> Hayek for a while. Of course, The Sixth Sense, 1999, Bruce Willis, yeah. dead the whole movie. I've never seen it. What? I never saw The Sixth Sense. Okay. You know why? Because it came out in 99, and I would have been mid-child-rearing. Child right. And that's when Marie and I swung deep into the rom-coms. Very rare we come off, uh, come across a classic that I've seen yeah. and you haven't. That's right. No, it's one of the few. And I've always wanted to watch it. I should get around to watching it now. The not, other, like, not like you don't have the time. I'm busy now with uh, <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> I'm even paying nine ninety five a month. <laughs> Paramount Plus. Uh, the others with Nicole Kidman. Her kids were dead the entire movie. They just didn't know it. Okay. Yeah. It's like a massive spoiler segment. Yeah, but again... <laughs> but they're I, all older movies. Yeah, like if you haven't seen Psycho or Planet of the Apes yet, <laughs> now you're upset we blew it for you. <laughs> well, no point now. Time's up. <laughs> Vanna White might stay with Wheel of Fortune after Pat Sajak leaves, but she wants a big raise. She currently makes $3 million a year. Pat makes five times that. What? Yeah. Crazy, right? Uh, of course, Pat's the host, but she is just as important to that show as he is. Right. Plus, they say she does a lot more promo for it. Uh, and her enthusiasm and silly button segment with Sajak at the end of each episode is a fan favorite. I, I have not watched Wheel of Fortune in forever. So what's the silly button segment? I have no idea. Hmm. And you watch the show. I, we watch, yeah. I mean, the fact that they just, you mean, just talking as they head off? Maybe. Cameron, that is, is that, that fan favorite? Yeah, I thought maybe when they say silly button, maybe she does something. The fact that. Either of them are making seven figures to do that show is ridiculous. Well, yeah, but look at how much the show makes for the network. They right. deserve to get paid. Well, and that's uh, and that's it. it. It makes a ton. But these, you know, the promo that she does, mm -hmm. like it is the sweetest gig in in television history. Because that promo is basically they have like, oh, it's Swiss Alps week, so they must fly Vanna and Pat <laughs> to the Swiss Alps to film ten seconds worth of promo. Yeah. Well. Whatever uh, five times three million is fifteen. Yeah, Pat, look at you in the math. I'm okay in math. Yeah, you're good. Um, and especially when it comes to money. But he, uh, 
the, the thing is, though, like he uh, he was an executive producer. I think that's where you get paid. You really get paid on yeah. all of that. Yeah. Right? That's where you'll see a lot of shows that have a, like a big name star will be the EP. Because right. maybe can't get all the dough they want just for the acting. I do think, though, that she has to be very careful and tread lightly in saying that she wants to get paid. Like, mm. I'll stay on, but I need a big raise. Because Pat was lining up his daughter to take over. Oh, really? And uh, she's already on there as like a social media consultant oh, really? with the show and has a segment on it. Hmm. She And she replaced Vanna this past year when Vanna was offered for uh, a medical issue of hmm. some sort. So look out. We shall see. Uh, John Goodman says he doesn't regret, uh, regret defending Roseanne after her racist tweets got her fired from her own show. He says, I felt bad for her, and uh, I felt bad then, and I feel bad now. Uh, I feel terrible about the whole thing. You know, we had a great time, and I love her. She's just her own person. He adds, I know for a fact she's not a racist. He said uh, he would work with her again, and he says, uh, I don't know if it happened. I would happily do it. I, I miss her, and I wish her well. So. He kind of owes his career to her, doesn't he? In a lot of ways, he does, yeah. yeah. He certainly does. Not all of Nick Cannon's kids know each other, yet. <laughs> of course not. Nick Cannon's blended family isn't completely blended, because not all the kids know each other. He does want that to happen, but he's having some issues with the, some of the moms, <laughs> you think? <laughs> but he wants them all to go to the same school. Oh, that one school, just all canon kids. <laughs> he, can pretty, he can start his own. Yeah. Like Oprah, just start start your own academy. He figures it'll all come out in the wash eventually. He's already had some conversations with his eldest, the 12-year-old twins he shares with Mariah Carey. You know when they're all going to meet and get blended? In the therapist's office. <laughs> <laughs> and how many times have we heard this? You are not the well, Maury, in, his, in a brilliant move, is launching his own paternity test company. What the hell took so long? Yeah, well, he's retired now, so I guess he's got all the time in the world to do this. <laughs> he says, I have been around paternity testing for more than 20 years, so I know exactly what's going on and how we can help those people who are looking for fathers, fathers who are looking for children, fathers who don't think they're the fathers, and fathers who think they're fathers. I've seen firsthand how DNA testing can change lives and bring families together. We're making it easier and more affordable than ever. All right. And the nightmare all the nightmare all men <laughs> heard on that show. You are the father. Craig and Lucky. Weekday mornings on 94.9 The Rock. All right, kids. You need some fashion advice. You've come to the right place. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really not convinced of this. The uh, newest fashion trend from TikTok is to wear shoes that don't match your outfit at all. Now, dudes have been getting away with this for some time. Right. But uh, for the for the ladies, you would take, like, a nice sundress and wear army boots or a casual outfit and then heels. Oh, so it's not just about matching in terms of color. No, no. It's Style. It, it's called the wrong shoe theory. Okay. Um, you know, like, with dudes like wearing uh, suits uh, with running shoes. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. The whole, and I guess this is still a thing, the whole blue suit, brown shoe thing. You right. It's been in for a very long yes. time. But this is for the ladies' wrong shoe theory. So you take a, a nice uh, dress or, and then you mix it up with like army boots. So you see, I've, I've noticed this for a long time, especially people... Walking around the city, women will have on, like, business attire and then some sort of uh, running shoe when they're yes. walking. Right, or a walking shoe. Makes yes. sense. Now, I, I've always thought it's a little hard walking in those stilettos. <laughs> I've always found it to be. Anyway. Yes. Yeah. 
Now, when it comes to the dudes, uh, some discussion about fashion. First up, have you ever caught yourself staring in the mirror and debating how many shirt buttons should be unbuttoned before going out? Most people say the sexiest is when men unbutton the top two of yes. their shirt. Okay. Now, I always go, when wearing a tie, I always go with the top button undone and the tie just loose. Right. I don't go right up to you the don't like the You don't like this. I don't like that. Cinch that in? I like the more casual <clears throat> approach. Right. Suit wearing. You're not, you're not a real tie wearer, though. Uh, rarely do I wear one. But right. when I do, yeah. A little, little loosey-goosey. Mm -hmm. um, then uh, one button undone is the uh, second most sexiest. Okay. <clears throat> Some say no buttons undone. <clears throat> it all depends, oh. too, on how hairy you are. Because you start getting that hair popping out the top. Right, yeah. <laughs> a bit much. If you got if you got chest hair coming out of a turtleneck, yeah, <laughs> right. Don't don't unbutton. Uh, I noticed recently, whilst shaving my face, I'm going down around my neck, and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's big gray hair sticking out of the bottom of my neck, just above my chest. You got to shave further I'm down right now, down. <laughs> so then I go right down, right to my toes. Um, very few people think a three buttons undone is sexy. Right. That's like a, a Miami thing. Right. You know. I And, and it's funny because with golf shirts, like traditionally there's like either two or three buttons. Yeah. Uh, at the top of a golf shirt. But some of them now you'll find. Like I saw one the other day had like five or six buttons. And it ended like right above the belly button. It, oh, was, such, it was such a weird look. I leave them all open. <laughs> like my ripped shirts. Um, yeah, I, with the golf shirt, I usually I think I leave the top one undone. I'll do the top, the yeah. bottom two, and leave the top one. Um, I don't have the, uh, the 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 pecs, the chesticles mm. to, uh, to to unbutton any more than that. No. There's nothing to show. And I always have to wear like a t-shirt under a golf shirt. Always, always. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, it helps with the sweating a little bit. I find. Yeah. Well, and when it's too hot, you can't do. I that. do. I still do it. Because of my erection problem. <laughs> That's right. Your nipple issue. You don't want to throw all the <laughs> other golfers off. Get some duct tape for that. Uh, other fashion stuff for men. Very few people think men over 50 look sexy in running shoes. Okay. I would always say, dudes, you, you really got to let the jeans and running shoes look go. Well, it's such a bad look. It depends on the, the shoe that you're wearing. I think I'm thinking of just the white sneaker. I don't jeans. know where that became yeah, an, an, an old guy look. I mean, I remember wearing it like in the 80s in high school. I remember right. dressing like that. Yeah, but there are dudes that just can't give that up. Yeah. And it looks like you've given up when you do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Maria at Christmas bought me a new set of golf shoes. And golf shoes now just look like regular running shoes. For the most part. For the most part. Actually, a couple of times when I've I thought, I'll just throw them on with jeans. Yeah. They're gray and they get the Nike stripe. And I decided I'll go with that. Um. What's the sexiest body part a man can reveal? The number one answer was biceps. Okay. Alarms. I go with ankles. I find mm. my ankles to be very attractive. <laughs> Speaking of which, I, I uh, bought some of those like little slip-on socks mm -hmm. that uh, the other day. Slip-on well, socks? Yeah, no, but the little, you know, the little one, the, the, they're, I can't remember what they're called. But basically, they're what you wear when you want to wear like a dress shoe and not oh, show the yeah, sock. The, the little sockettes. Sock, yeah, okay, yeah, let's okay. go with that. I think that's what they're called. Right. Yeah, I have a bunch of those. Right. Because I've always had a short sock, but mm -hmm. these are meant, they're 
no-show socks are they what they are. They go into the shoe, and so, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, because I've often wondered, when you see the, the NHL guys, they show them coming into the arena, and it looks like they're wearing leather shoes and no socks. Mm, they're wearing... Like, man, that can't be comfortable. Yeah. Uh, and, and some are. And, and do that, but the others use these little socket no-show things. Yeah, they got the little uh, grip on the back, so it yeah. holds onto your uh, to your ankle or mm-hmm. to your uh, to your uh, quite comfortable actually. Back of your foot. Yeah, I mean when we've gone like away, and I know I'm going to be doing a lot of walking because I don't like to wear socks. I'll mm-hmm. throw those on inside my shoes. Yeah, no, they're good. Um, most people are not turned on by men's jewelry. Okay, so don't go with all the gold chains. Right. Um, most the, the Mr. T look is that's out. right. It's out. <laughs> I'll take note. Uh, most are not turned on by men wearing red. Black clothes are generally considered the most sexy on men. All right, slimming many, too. Yeah, many say baggy clothes are a turn off. Okay. Yeah, well, it's certainly a more fitted look now. Yeah. Yeah. I bought a, a suit. I don't know, five years ago or something. I put it on and I look like. Uh, the guy from the Talking Heads in that video where it's just like completely baggy. It looks like something that you would have worn in a uh, a rap video in the uh, in the eighties. It's hard. To, I was gonna say that suits are one of the more dated looks. Mm-hmm. Like quickly, you can tell. Oh yeah. But that being said, when you wear them a lot, a lot of the styles are coming right back in. Like the double-breasted suit is back in now as oh, well, yeah? which is something that was from like the eighties and early nineties. Right. And, and you're seeing a lot, a bigger, fatter lapel, which was a, a look yeah. of the 80s as well. Everything has cycles, but that being said, they are more fitted. I go with uh, something that I believe has never gone out of style. I have a beautiful Century 21 blazer. <laughs> I go with that. <laughs> Looks like you're either a real estate agent or an NFL <laughs> Hall of Famer. That's right. Uh, and when you see me, you know I'm not an NFL Hall of Famer. Right. Uh, most people say glasses are sometimes, usually, or always sexy. Sometimes, usually, or always. Well, that so, narrows it down. Yeah, well, at least it's not never sexy. Right. Well, no. but mind you, I, I, the, the, the type of glasses. I mean, you are wearing your cheaters mm-hmm. all the time. I don't know if that's the sexy glass that they're talking about. See, uh, don't start me on that. <laughs> don't start me on that because you and everybody in this building drive me insane. I wear these cheaters. They are literally half an inch down my nose more than your glasses are. We're talking half an inch. Right. For some reason, that drives all of you crazy. That doesn't drive me crazy. I just don't know if it's the sexy look you're looking for. I'm, who, when have I ever... Th- <laughs> When has sexy ever been in my category? Have you seen a lot of the photos of us? Is that not what you're going for? I gave up a long time ago, Lucky. I I stopped trying decades ago. Um, Most people say clean-shaven faces are sexy, Okay, but... Over half of women ask prefer some sort of facial hair. A little bristle. Yeah. yeah. I think you got to... There's got to be, it's either one or the other. You're either fully aboard with a beard right. or nothing. Mm. That, that kind of three and four day shadow, I, yeah. I don't think works. Not some dudes it works. Some it some doesn't. Yeah. Well, for me, it's just coming in so gray. Every time I shave, I feel like I'm taking off 18 years. Um, how long should a man's shorts be? Most people say uh, just above the knee. Okay. And uh, a few say shorter than that. Yeah, that's a, that's a more popular look. I mean, if you get the legs to show it off, I guess. 
again with the golf attire, I had two or three pairs of golf shorts that I had worn for quite a while. And I realized this spring, I put them on and I went, these look really big. They're boxy. Yeah, yeah, they're boxy. So I went out and got a couple of form-fitting ones. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, very, very. <laughs> like a golf Speedo, basically. Oh, yeah, showing the egg box and everything. <laughs> How was your weekend? Did you get uh, any flooding in your home? We certainly uh, have a quite a bit of rain come in on uh, Saturday morning. It just rained so hard Friday night. I have uh, MacGyvered this little setup in my crawl space with this flashing, basically sealed on the side of my foundation, like a uh, set up like a slide into some Home Depot five-gallon buckets, <laughs> and they filled about four times with all the rain. That wow. Yeah, they really did save the day. I mean, I still got quite a bit of it into my laundry room. I have to find a big burly man with a shovel to come and solve my problems. Because <laughs> this is take you out or uh, well, actually he, dig down. He could actually dig a hole, put me in it, <laughs> and I would never have to deal with the water again. So angry was I on Saturday morning. I actually I woke up at six thirty in the morning. Didn't even realize it was raining. Fell back asleep. Woke up at 8.30 and thought, all right, time to get up. Opened up the blind in my bedroom window and saw it was just teeming down. Mm -hmm. So I went, oh, better check the crawl space. And as soon as I looked, I saw there was already a, a little stream up near the laundry room. And I thought, this is not good. Wow. And uh, so I grabbed the flashlight, went to the back of the crawl space. And the one, it literally looked like there was a hose attached to this flashing. Wow. And it was just, the bucket was almost full. Had I not woken up at 8.30, it would have started overflowing out of the bucket. Right. So I hauled that out and just kept sticking the bucket back underneath. And it filled up about, I would say, three to four times. And this is like a five-gallon bucket. Nice. Ton of water coming in. More rain in my basement. Lake Scugog in Peggy's basement. <laughs> Uh, then uh, more rain inside than outside. So, yes, I have to find uh, some resolution to this. Right. It's just so uh, I, immediately I uh, I got on the horn to our boys. Oh, the Douglas boys. The Douglas boys. It's a CRCS DKI. And I said, help, send in the troops. Because <laughs> I, I. Uh, Why don't you just get the sandbags like the military? I, and should, them in. I should have them on standby. But because I was looking at the weather and it was supposed to rain, they were saying like at noon, 15 more millimeters. Right. And I just thought, well, this is like the ground's already saturated. It's pouring in. If this doesn't stop, I'm, you know, because it really becomes for me in that basement, a, a, a when it's overflowing, it becomes just a fight to keep it at bay. Yeah. You know, you got towels mounted against one part of the wall and then you start to see it seep through. Mm -hmm. So then you're trying to dry that up. You got to whole bunch of towels in the drain and spin cycle in your dryer so you right. can keep them coming back. It's just chaos. So anyhow, they came out with the fans and the humidifier, and they had mentioned, Andrew uh, had mentioned that he had been at your parents. Right. Setting up, uh, did they set up uh, fans at, your, at their place? They had set up the fans and, this, yeah, this, this dehumidifier unit yes. that they have that just draws all the, the moisture out. Yeah. And, and it is amazing. You run the thing for, like, three days. Yeah. And when you get down there, like, you need to drink, like, right away. That's how, it's so dry. how dry the air is. Yeah, yeah. You, you get down there, you're in Vegas all of a sudden. I think I'm just going to ask the boys if I can just keep that running <laughs> constantly. constantly. <laughs> yeah, the thought crossed my mind. And right away, when it, when I saw Saturday morning, I thought, uh-oh. I checked my own basement because I have an issue when the rain pours in a certain direction mm -hmm. up against it. And I think it's just really uh, caulking and sealing the, the, 
the patio door that mm-hmm. we have is probably all that needs to be done. Knock wood. Uh, and, and likely, uh, probably the same issue my parents' place because it didn't leak on, on Saturday. Oh, wow. They had actually kept, uh, I talked to the guys in, at CRCSDKI and kept a couple of machines there just saying, hey, leave it for a week and let's see. I was waiting for it to rain again right. to find out now that it was completely dry to see where the water starts. Right. And it is one of the more frustrating situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem with my parents' place is that the basement is finished. Oh, um, that's not good. And, yeah. uh, you know, thankfully, again, knocking wood, the, the leak that's happening is in the one area of the basement, an old, old kind of wood shop my dad had that, uh, that is not finished. But it does have drywall on the wall, mm. so you can't see Where's anything. It and it's got 40 years of you know, junk and clutter mm-hmm. that's collected down there, shelves on the wall, tools. And, and I, I, you walk in and you look at it and you just think, I give up. Before you even start, <laughs> yeah. I don't even yeah. want to start this. There might come a day when you just need to get a big uh, dumpster bin in the driveway. Right. Mm. Oh, that, that day is coming. And it all just goes. Uh-huh. Yeah, luckily mine's just in the crawl space, which is good, and we've ice like we know where it is, so everything's been moved away, f- so it can't get ruined anymore. But it, 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 this time it came in so hard it came into the laundry room because with with uh, my house being a side split, the foundation around the kitchen raises up, uh, so it, no problem. But from there back, yeah. is, is the problem. It's just it's just endless and. You know, more damage to some stuff because it came around the uh, furnace and we had some boxes there and things that got wet again. So the problem with with home repairs like this and anything that happens in this kind of thing is that they're incredibly frustrating and there's so much work just to get to the start of the work mm-hmm. that needs to be done. Even you know, yesterday, uh, I was uh, I was actually smoking a brisket at my place okay. uh, yesterday and I'd gotten one for Father's Day and so we smoked that. So I was home the whole day. At one point, I was like, all right, you know what? I want to clean up the garage because it's been, we, we've been down to a tiptoe path to get to the house <laughs> through the garage with just all the clutter. But to, and, and I had bought, you know, probably a year ago, a bike rack that hangs the bikes up al- along the wall. Mm-hmm. I find those are one of the issues that, you know, you get these four bikes in there right away and it's just a mess. But to get to the wall, <laughs> to hang this thing, you had to clean out the entire garage. It was just so much work. It was so hot that at one point I had started and went, maybe I just leave this all on the front lawn. Yeah, and let people have wants it. to take it. Well, I think probably part of your problem is you've bought this bike rack and you've bought the reason our garage gets so full is because I think you've bought a lot of things you think you're going to need right. along the way. Yeah, and well, it, they it end up like just it, piling up. It looks so good on the box, like it really <laughs> did. The bikes are up. You just throw them up. They're out of the way. You can fold them down to the side uh-huh. of the wall. Uh-huh. And in the end, I got it done. Okay. And it looks great. Right. God, it's a lot of work. And then you go in the house and you, you have a family meeting. Like I said to Maria when I got her home, she arrived on Saturday. I said, the house is spotless. Yeah. If you put one thing on the island, oh, if you, you drop a sock on the floor... Yeah. And immediately, it's a disaster zone again. You know what's funny? Is I, I was on the couch when Adrian had uh, taken one of the kids to go to the mall. They wanted to hang out with some buddies. And uh, and they were gone. She was out shopping and everything. They were gone for like four or five hours. Mm. Uh, and as I finished the project, 
it, and it was all unbeknownst to, to her. I didn't tell anyone I was doing it. I just got to a point where I was like, all right, let me just do this. Uh, as I finished, I took a shower. I got back downstairs. I hit the couch to the exact spot where I was when she left, and I saw them pull in the driveway. <laughs> and I, I thought to myself, watch this. Yeah. Here comes a comment. <laughs> yeah. What have you done all day? <laughs> so she walked in. She looked at me. She's like, did I just wake you up? And I went, look at the garage. <laughs> and then she was quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Saturday morning when I found all the water coming in, I found my big bucket of honey jack that my son had bought me. <laughs> and at 8.30 in the morning, by myself, I'm doing shots of honey jack just to swallow the rage. This is odd. The uh, Ocean Gate submersible, when that uh, all happened, since then, when we found out it imploded during its... Uh, visit down to the Titanic. People have been screaming, Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On, so much so since Friday, the song is streamed almost 523,000 times. Really? Wouldn't it have been weird if somebody in that little sub, the minute they started dropping, pulled out their Bluetooth speaker and played that song? Last <laughs> thing you hear is that tune. Um, you know, and I was thinking about this. This Stockton Rush, the CEO of... Uh, Ocean Gate, who of course also died in that implosion. It is amazing to me that uh, all the corners he was cutting and, you know, all the experiments he was trying, like this company, Ocean Gate, I would assume probably a fairly big company, maybe a board of directors. Like, it's amazing that he was allowed to just run rampant with this thing. Right. And all the issues about the, you know, the, the, the lack of technology in this thing and the risks and the fact that the First attempt, I think, went okay, but then the second attempt didn't. And then the third one, of course, is when they imploded. It is amazing to me that it got that far, that he got that far into it without his company going, oh, oh hit the brakes here. Yeah. I'm going to make sure this thing is really secure. Well, I don't know how with the, the, the structure, the corporate structure of the company yeah. was. But, uh, you know, and and like many explorers and limit pushers, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of them you know, do take some, not necessarily liberties, but you have to venture into the new yeah. in order to do it. I mean, the same, now there's, you watch, there's going to be reviews of everything, not only these, but all of these, uh, you know, shuttle craft that are going to the edge of space and mm -hmm. making sure that they've got all of the uh, proper technologies. But at some point, someone's got to experiment to get the thing started off the ground anyway, right? Yeah, but, you know, much like a roller coaster, couldn't they have taken, like, big, big uh, mannequins full of water, different-sized people, stick them in the thing and drop it down and see what happens? Well, from what I understand, it, it's not like this is just a, a hit-and-hope type of thing. It's gone through pressure testing. Mm. The idea, from what I've heard, is that, that because they use this carbon fiber slash titanium, is that... Carbon fiber does break down over mm. time. So the initial pressure testings were fine. It's just, was it breaking down over time? And by the time they did this third dive with all of the pressure that was on it, that was too much for it. I, I too, am uh, a risk taker. I like to push the limits. Like when I'm making a grilled cheese, <laughs> I say, will I go with cheddar or provolone? Maybe I'll go with both. Right. Um, Netflix also taken some heat because it's bringing Titanic back this Saturday. Now, it's not clear if the decision had anything to do with Oceangate. Titanic is just one of almost 100 titles being added on July 1st. Okay. 
The announcement was made just last week, so the timing a bit unfortunate. Yeah, I guess they could have pulled that one if they wanted Probably, to. yeah. Or just don't make a big deal of it. Right. So, yeah, research is on now to figure out, and we'll see. Um, you know, there's many, and I tend to agree with them on this. Like, all the photos that they can do now, the 3D photo imaging of the Titanic, like, you know, it really is a... It's 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 a it's a, a, a holy ground, much like nine eleven. You know, it's a, it's a place where many people died, and so it's not better leave it alone. Mm. Like how much? How like one of the people on that thing was a Titanic researcher. Yeah. How much more information is there to learn about this? Thing? Yeah. Well, and, and he was on his thirteenth or fourteenth yeah. trip down. He'd been down like a dozen times. Like I'm sure it's it's amazing to see. I'm I couldn't even imagine being up close to it. It would be haunting and eerie and all those things. But like if this dude's getting paid to or was getting paid to be a Titanic researcher. Like at some point you go, well that book's closed. Right. There's nothing. <laughs> there's, what else can we learn? Right. You know all the names of everybody that was on it. You know how it went down. Yeah, maybe they find the uh, some artifact, the jewel yeah. is what they're looking for, right? Maybe that's the case. The heart of the ocean is that what it was called? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. And and now one of the questions is, who's paying for all of this, mm. right? Because as the investigations go. Uh, the Canadian Transportation Safety Board investigates because the ship that carried it out there, the Polar or whatever, was launched from Canada. Oh, okay. And so that's why there's an investigation, so that that investigation is costing Canadian taxpayers. Right. And then the RCMP is going to look into this. Even though they signed a waiver, uh, was there some criminal uh, activity or criminal negligence that happened with the way that this all went down? And if that's the case, then perhaps there's an avenue for a lawsuit at some point. Well, I know the co-founder has been uh, into a bit of a uh, social media, uh, media battle with James Cameron because Cameron had made the comments about how it wasn't safe to go down in this mm -hmm. thing, and he's defending it and saying it was. So there still is an Ocean Gate company. Yeah. So maybe somebody, yeah, is going to end up doing jail time over this. James Cameron commented, his, I mean, he's done numerous dives to uh, the Titanic and more. Interesting the way he played it and and, and just said uh, his analogy was that much, Stockton Rush was much like the captain of the Titanic himself mm -hmm. in that, you know, people were telling him slow down or there's danger ahead and he steamed through it. Yeah, well, that is true. Uh, much more to come of this as uh, time carries on. This story isn't done yet. Rock Mornings with, with Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.